0: Can I just say one more thing before I leave? I've just seen so much, y'all. What I I know that we know this, but it bears repeating. You know, God doesn't come to anoint our emotions. He doesn't come to anoint our begging for healing. He doesn't come to anoint the years of faithful intercession. I love that. I'm just saying, when we're asking for healing or asking him for something, he comes to anoint the word that we're holding in our heart. Just like when Pam got healed from barrenness, it's not just that she had a belief. It's that she believed the word of God. And I wanna tell you what I'm really seeing is I'm seeing um, the word of God come in our midst like a plumb line. And that's what I believe the angel was carrying. Yes, It was a yes. plumb line, but it almost looked like a rod. It looked very solid. And so what I want to say going forward is just that part of the paradigm shifting is that you have to know what the word of God says. If you do not, you will not be able to stand in the evil day, you know, and even though you may weep and everything, you may travail, you still have to have the word, right? And, and the funny thing is, have y'all remember like when you first got, uh, filled with the spirit or saved or whatever, And, you know, it was so easy to get healed. You just believed what God said. And you just was like, I found this in the Bible. There it is. And, I mean, God just did things. He does it with children, little children. And even when we're children in the faith, it's because we don't know any better than to just believe the Word. We don't know any better than just to embrace what the Bible says about uh, things and about healing. When he said healing is a children's bread. He's either true or he's a liar. I mean, you know, and when he he says, I mean, that's just straight up. Okay. And then when he says, um, uh, you know, forget not all his benefits, who he's healed all your diseases. Okay. Y'all, there's a reason that he said that because that was his intention. And a lot of times I've seen the layer in the second heaven is what stops God's intention from fully getting to us. It didn't, it's not that he changed his mind. It's just there's a plenty of resistance in the second heaven to us really receiving and appropriating all of his benefits, all of his promises. And so the other scripture about healing today is just that um, I will put upon you none of the diseases of Egypt. None of the diseases of Egypt. And when you look at the word and you see Goshen during the, you know, the plagues uh, in Egypt, like I said, there was a moment when there was a, there was a defining difference that began to settle in and none of those things. And that's that is sort of that word um, illustrated is that None of what was falling in Egypt then started coming in the land of Goshen. So I want to just say, I just feel like we just need to get this, or we might like, not have the tools we need to move forward. Get the Word of God out. Yeah. And live in it and meditate on it and let it replace your thoughts (laughs) and your emotions. You know, we've all had to grab our emotions this year, like never before. I mean, some days you are up, some days you're down and some days you're just sideways, you know, but I'm telling you, grab hold of the word of God and let it center you. Let it reposition you. Let it realign you. And you're we want our thoughts to be agreeable to his will which is revealed in the word so i'm just saying that's what the angel was bringing today
1: let's thank god for that word (laughs) now we have a lot going on this week again we'll keep the prayer tower open for some of you to come up and seek him we'll have uh worship going on then we'll have worship in here thursday and friday we want to continue weekly pressing through in worship. Don't forget that the Women's Houses of Zion are starting up. We're having a revival in the House of Zion. We got, we got uh, several uh, emails this week that we will send out for you uh, about how some, some have doubled in their uh, attendance. And I, I'm not talking just about the Women's Houses. We, we have those reports coming in. From all over the world. And it's just incredible to see what the Lord is doing. Mildred, stand up. You're going to minister in Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. We send you forth with the word of God and with power. Maria Moore, where are you? I see you, yeah, right there. You're ministering in Montana. Wow, what a blessing. And uh, it's going to be to bring people and make them resilient out of trauma. I love that. Lord, we send her forth with the word that will heal them. Now, Shabbat was awesome. Look forward to Shabbat this week. That is helping so many people grab hold of what God is saying and doing. Now have you ever, and listen, I loved what Leanne said, because three people this week, I asked, have you ever read your Bible? You know, sometimes you just listen to the conversation they're saying, and you wonder, Lord, if they'd just read the Bible, they'd be okay. And then if you Want to go beyond that? You can always read any of these books that I've got up here that will help you understand better some of the principles that you're reading. You've got to have the Word of God. You've got to have a discipline. Uh, I, I teach in Possessing Your Inheritance Upon about the eight disciplines that are necessary for spiritual life. You've got to... Let all of them work in you. Work is one of them. Some people don't like to work. They ain't going to get anywhere. They will have a snare in their life if they're unwilling to work at what God asked them to work at. Some people cannot stand the thought of warfare. It is part of your discipline. He left them in the land that a new generation would learn how to war. Look at the person sitting next to you and say, you're that new generation he's talking about. Now, we're doing lots of things here. We had an incredible staff meeting. Our staff meeting uh, was just amazing at the uh, beginning of this week where we are going over into the shifts ahead for all of us. And lots of shifts. And you know, when you're going through lots of changes, you have to work your way through those changes. And it's so key to understand that. Now, have you ever had someone look at you and say, would you just get a grip? Yeah, it's usually me with Keith. Uh, uh, look at somebody next to you and say, will you get a grip? I mean, now, what does that mean? What, what do they want you to grab hold of? What are they asking you to do? What, what's happening in you that makes a person just say, get a grip? I mean, what is that and what does it really mean? See, we're in a, se- we're in a season where you got to get a grip, I'm telling you. <laughs> and I've been grabbing at lots of stuff to try to make sure I'm getting a grip. And, uh, and uh, lots of people, I-, I do love this. Hope is defined as a rope extended. So anytime someone ever says to me, get a grip, I assume they are saying my hope is lacking. And if I will reach out and grab hold of that rope that God's extending, I'll come into a new place eventually because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And his hand can pull me from any other hand who's trying to pull me back. Woo! Listen to Chad making a shift back here.
0: other the worship warriors in the house! <laughs>
1: I got this message because Chad and I were together this week. <laughs> I even said one thing to him. It, it was so bad, he got, started laughing so hard, fell up against the window, and I thought we were going to wreck. <laughs> I mean, it was, it's so key right now that we listen to what our voice is saying. And we're in a season to go beyond. Now, you're going to be hearing this. Say the word beyond. 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 I learned years and years ago, all I had to do was listen to what was coming out of my mouth. And I would know what I needed to be delivered of. You see what I mean? And so, because the heart expresses itself, Put your hand right here and say, Don't be still. Keep speaking up. And yet, I feel like for us to go beyond, we have to get a grip on our emotions. It's very key. And I began to get before the Lord this week, and uh, He began to say, I'm not sure my people understand their emotions. I'm not sure they understand what's operating in them right now. Uh, I had conversation yesterday for almost an hour with someone. And finally, we both came to the conclusion that the emotional need had overtaken reasoning. And so... What do those words mean? What am I saying to us? Well, and why do we need to come into this place where we get a grip? Well, first of all, we're moving from the swamp to the land of giants. Yes. Remember, God had promised them all this milk and honey, all these riches that had been amassing for 10 generations. And they finally went in and looked at them. They were all there. They were all there. Just as God had said to Abraham. Finally, he had a people who had come out of the tar pits. The mud pits. And they were looking at these incredible promises. And you know what they did? They looked one Fathom beyond and they saw the giants that were encroaching on the promises and they slandered the promises and they slandered God and they said we would rather go back to the pit are you aware that that is what your emotions can do That is how well your emotions can rise up and force you into a place that God never intended you to be. And a place he was trying to get you out of, and you were were unwilling to get out of because you saw the war that it was going to take to get out of it. And so, you have to say, emotions get ready for the conflict ahead. Say it out loud. Emotions get ready for the conflict ahead. See, because we're coming full circle. Cycles are ending. And and that's the hardest place to be because, you know, when a cycle's ending, you're experiencing a death. And some people refuse to die. Some people refuse to acknowledge that a time has ended. Some I have watched some I I know of one situation that Linda and I had to counsel on. Her husband had been dead for over 30 days, and she would not allow the service to celebrate him to occur because she did not want him dead. And she knew God was going to raise him from the dead. Well, God can raise anybody from the dead. He's already raised you. If you know him, he's already raised you from the dead once. That's right. Look at somebody and tell them, Thank God he raised me from the dead. My sins and my trespasses. But you have to understand something. There comes a moment when something ends. And you can't go past that moment or else you end up in delusion. That means presumption, something that was of faith, lost the power of faith, and you started not thinking correctly about it all. I found it interesting. I asked the Lord this morning. I said, Lord, uh, it's so many new people. It's so many new people joining in with us. And so many don't know a whole lot. They see us up here. They see that we keep pressing forward. They see that we keep having faith. But they don't know some of the things that caused that to happen. I was walking with John in and I mean, he ran over this one girl because she doesn't know that he's blind in one eye. John only has one eye. And if you run up on his right side, if you run up on his right side, he doesn't know that you're there. And... So you have to understand there's certain things about people that we're going to have to embrace so that we keep moving together. I had to learn to embrace John's blind eye. Because I would turn around sometimes in the midst of the spirit Flowing and and I would get so frustrated with him because he wasn't gonna he wasn't doing what I was telling him to do, and then I realized he can't even see what I'm doing. <laughs> Everybody say frustration. frustration. I'm using a lot of terms today that you need to get a grip on. Come on. Now I did have to come into some beyond with John when he was driving because you know anybody that knows me knows I drive like I drove on our 600 acres growing up still today and Chad nobody asked you to talk we just want you to play (laughs) and 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 so I I tell people I have people who I have people I have people because I want to live longer (laughs) who drive me. And a fleet of chauffeurs. Yeah, I have to because they don't want something to happen to me, because it'd all be in a big mess if something (laughs) happened to me right now. And so, but John and John was my chauffeur. Well now, I don't I drive like I drive and John has one eye. And I'm teaching a master's class at a university in Oklahoma, and John goes with me. And he's driving, and all of a sudden we're driving, and his one eye, good eye, all of a sudden it fogs up. And he said, I can't see, I can't see. My good eye is fogged up. (laughs) I knew right then we had to go beyond the fog. Wow. wow! Look at somebody and say, I'm glad you went beyond the fog today. The fog today. Now, remember what the, year, the era looks like. God's breathing in on us. There's things clearing out around you. That's a lot what was coming forth this morning. Uh, he's breathing his breath. His voice is coming in. I don't don't think it's fully manifesting in America or throughout the world yet, but his voice is moving. And this era is about sound. Everybody say sound. Sound. It's about breath. Breath. It's about voice. Voice. And it's about Holy Holy Spirit. Did you notice something today? The Spirit came in here. Holy Spirit came in here. And all of a sudden, there was an unction to minister. You know we've gotten scared to touch each other or get near to each other, but all of a sudden there was a moment where all of that dissipated, and people were just getting ministry. And Keith wasn't afraid he was going to get COVID. Hear me. Come on. Be not afraid) That's so key. I mean, it's about stopped that fear of that disease, a legitimate disease, viral disease, has tried to stop us from moving That's right. in our relationship with Holy Spirit through ministry. And something broke in that this morning. Let's thank God for that. Now, this, you want to remember this, what the year looks like. He's breathing fire. So you've got a lot of things that are melting away. And there's... Anytime you're coming into the new and a new birth, Revelation 12 is very important. Go home and read that. Read it this week sometimes. It is very important because the dragon rises up to stop what is being born from coming into destiny. So that's important to remember. Now, also remember I sent each one of you Uh, I hope you got one. One of these little faith jars with a mustard seed in it. And I got this for Christmas and it really spoke to me uh, about several things. That we feel vulnerable, we feel fragile, but faith, our faith shield can surround us. That it just takes a, a small, uh, mustard seed of faith to begin to increase. But let me remind you about faith. Because faith, we're in a faith war right now. Yeah, big time. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. What is not a faith In Hebrews it says this: What is not a faith is sin. I mean, you don't ever have to worry worry about pointing out your sin. All you got to do is analyze your faith. You'll find your sin. I mean, you know, we have lots of kids, lots of grandkids, lots of you, and when I open my mouth about someone, I have to be very aware that I have faith for them. That's how you operate with your voice. I don't want to say things that don't produce faith. Uh, Prophecy, you prophesy according to your faith. But here's something that I see in the body of Christ. Faith and virtue are two different things. Some of you think if you're good enough, you're walking in faith. That's not right. Faith is that assurance of hope that you can grab hold of a deed that is your right for something to happen for you to prove eventually that the reality of what has been said now will manifest. Faith only works by love, so if you have people in your life you don't love and you just can't stand them and they get on every last nerve of yours, you're going to have to check your faith out.
0: Yeah, so your
1: mess you up. And if there's someone you won't forgive, your faith will go sour on you. Good time. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Now, that's how simple it is. You'll be able to walk in faith for a while, but then your faith will go sour and you'll realize, I'm, I feel dead. Mm-hmm. All because you wouldn't reconcile something. Forgiving somebody doesn't mean you need to bunch up with them. You just need to get it reconciled, make sure you're right, and then move on. Because God's still moving in your life. And you're doing what you were supposed to do. Now, so faith is very key. None of us are good, no, not one. Not one. Look at somebody and say, Is he talking about me? You couldn't get saved because you got good. That's why some people recognize salvation, and it's why some religiously can't recognize salvation. Because faith enters in and you become quickened by Holy Spirit, you have the ability to become a son of God. You have the ability to grab hold of your deed. And yes, when he puts his finger on something you're doing, you need to stop. It's really that simple. If he says... I mean, the other day, you know, I went into an emotional thing. I had not eaten. My stomach was hurting. And then all of a sudden, somebody called, set my emotions off. I ate eight cookies. I loved every bite of those cookies till the next morning. And then I realized, you know... After number four, I had my faith was gone. I'm trying to be real simple with you. I think I was all in grace all right up to four. But then after that I didn't even have grace. I was just eating. No, they weren't even good. That's what happens. They were just there. Now let me explain that to you so you understand what I'm about to teach us and move forward. What happens to us is we get caught up in a moment and we grab for what's there. That's what causes us to be alcoholics. That's what causes us To be addicted. Because if we can just get it in that moment. It will make us feel better. That's not faith. Because what it's doing is keeping you from seeing. Into the future path of expectation that God has for you. And you lose sight of what's ahead by trying to deal with the moment. We do it with our kids. We do it with each other. I mean, I've, I've had relationships where I said, is this really... Us having this brawl here, is it really worth us losing our future with each other? But that's what happens. Now, faith is where your war is. Faith, the enemy has to negate it in you some way. Steal it, kill it, destroy it. And then he can remove everything that you were meant to enjoy. That's what John 10.10 says. Now, you are meant to enjoy life. Now, I'm going to say it again because this is where we seem to be in the atmosphere of America. We are meant to enjoy life. There has never been a nation more blessed than this nation where we can enjoy life. Enjoy is just what it says. In and the fruit of joy coming forth. Not the same as happiness. So, that brings me to a question for you. Who are you in this new era? I spoke this back last year. Are you getting past crisis that's trying to rob who you are? And I sort of answered it because God quickened me to it and he said my people are hung up on their identity for the future therefore their emotions are controlling them now and so that led me to a place to try to get us to understand your emotions see Let me define emotions for us. They're a part of you. It's a state of being. Now, hear what I'm saying to you. So if you don't know who you are or what you're about, it's the very thing Keith said this morning. Without a vision, a people perish. It's a state of being that determines and produces physical and psychological changes That influence your behavior. So if you don't know who you are, you're constantly acting out. Have you ever heard that? Ooh, that kid's acting out. Ooh, my husband's acting out. My wife's acting out. The word itself comes from word that means to stir up. When Paul was telling Timothy to stir up his faith, he was saying, get past your emotions so your faith that has been imparted into you can shine. It means to stir up your passions, your sentiments, stir up your affections, analyze them, see what they're going out toward. I see so many, so much division over, and you hear it, two men that ran for president, and we forget The other millions of people that are here. And we bank our salvation off of one of these men. Well, that is enough to make you have to get a grip. (laughs) And yet, those men represent something that you're probably very passionate about. So see, that's where we seem to be flowing in our expression. Emotions are intense feelings. I mean, it's just like you doing this, only it's coming from the inside of you. Touch somebody next to you. See, emotions are like that. You're being touched, but you're being touched from the inside. The most dangerous things about your emotions is you block them. Then you can't ever deal with them. You don't become dead in Christ, you become dead. And those feelings get directed towards someone or something. Emotions are different than moods. Moods are, can be mellow and prolonged. Emotions are intense. And if you don't deal with them right, you're going to have a mood, all right? Yeah. Now, here's the hard thing that, that I've always seen with people. They have a hard time understanding that that part of them that is feeling, that part of them that is stir is stirred up, has lots of intelligence. See, emotional intelligence is the ability to monitor and communicate and express and empathize with yourself and others. I asked someone the other day, had you just read about Jesus, what he did? He was a passionate, expressive God in man. See, Keith wouldn't be able to pray for someone or empathize with what they're going through if he didn't have emotion. Now, here's some words I want you to get. It's your ability to perceive. It's not like, it's not intuition. That's a knowing moment. It's your ability that you're putting a puzzle together so you perceive you use, you manage, and then you understand you. I see many people get messed up in their emotions because Chad will spend too much time trying to understand me. Instead of letting me put together in him so he understands him, and how to relate to me. See the difference? That's why marriages won't work. That's why things won't get accomplished. You're so busy looking at somebody else that you can't put it, let me bring it down so you can get it. You're so busy looking at someone else, pointing at them, seeing everything about them that you can't get you. You Better say that. You're telling them how they need to relate to you, and you ain't even got you. Wow! Wow! Wow. wow! That's why it's you that the Lord begins at the house of God. Amen. Woo. That's Amen. A good stuff, right there. Now. Let me show you where they are. You put your hand right here around your heart. See, your body, your soul is filled with mind, will, and emotions, and it crosses over into your human spirit. So that's why they make up who you are. Daniel had a different spirit. You know why? Because he had his emotions under check. Being in Babylon didn't throw him off. (laughs) Having Esther had to get her emotions under check before she could go in to the king. And she was in a harem being fixed up to go to bed with him. And she still had to get it together. Because she had to see, Mordecai had to make her see a bigger picture of what was at stake if she didn't go to bed with him and if she didn't get her emotions right. Be careful how you judge things. and Joshua had a different spirit and they had to sit there with their different spirit get their emotions intact and deal with for 40 years look at somebody and say oh my Lord." lord 40 years all those people who had turned against them going in to get all the promises they saw And keep their heart right. Now, so you're dealing with your soul and your spirit at war. And usually it's over your emotions. And your emotions are warring through your desire to control your will. And if you don't kill certain emotions, you'll do wrong things. Then you go back to the cycle of repentance. Let me show you these categories of emotions because I want you to do something while I say it. Go ahead, Brian. Happiness is an emotion. Now, notice I said something earlier. Joy is a fruit. Happiness is an emotion. You got to get a grip on happiness. You ain't going to always be happy, but you should always manifest the fruit of joy. Sadness is an emotion. Now, here's the biggie. Fear. Fear, the opposite of fear, is faith. Fear contends with your faith. That's why Paul also told Timothy not only to stir up his faith, but he said, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. Anytime you don't operate in love, you open yourself up for a spirit of fear because you're not operating in faith, if you're not operating in love, fear's going to find its way in. And Ephesians chapter 4, that's why Ephesians chapter 4 says about number 5, it will eventually manifest in some anger. And do you know what that says? In Ephesians 4 that don't let the enemy get a toehold. Deal with that emotion before you go to sleep. That's right. Or else the enemy's going to get a toehold on you. You know what that means? You're going to get demonized. demonized. And that was to Christians. For all of you out there that don't believe Christians can have demons. <laughs> Disgust. Have you ever just been disgusted with somebody? Well, I'm not saying these emotions are bad. I'm saying you have to get a grip on them. And some way bring that emotion into faith. Not allow the emotion to rule your action until you've seasoned that emotion with faith. You say, how do I do that? Brian, go back to that picture one more time. You're going to have to allow Holy Spirit to fill you and then break that barrier between soul and spirit. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder your soul and your spirit. You know, Pam and I are about as strong as they come. So by our second year of marriage, and we, we were both in the Lord when we got married. And by our second of year of marriage, we knew if we were going to survive, we were going to have to take what we were arguing over. We've had several. Two yesterday. Only two? Maybe two, maybe three yesterday. I'm but here's what we made a decision on and came into agreement with. That we would take what we were arguing over. I would set my portion on the table. She would set her portion on the table. Then like God came down in covenant with Abraham, we'd let him come down into it. And then because of how strong we both were, we would have to submit to his decision. That's why we've made it 48 years. Let's thank God for that. See, some way or another, your emotions have to come under the rule of the Spirit. Doesn't matter what you're going through, or else you're going to find yourself in sin. And sin, the only way out of it is humility. Humble yourself. Ask forgiveness for it. Let's keep going. Just a little longer. You express your emotions. Keep going. Now, emotions have a grave. You can grade your happiness on a scale between 1 and 10. Go back one more time, Brian. Let me finish this. You can take this list today and grade how you react. You can also know that all these things can bunch up on you. They can be like a confederation that's trying to take you out. They can align with each other to do you under. They have a hierarchy. Your hierarchy ruling emotion might be anger, but it loves to work with your fear. And then if you can't control something, you're just going to get angry and act like a fool. Now, how can you start telling what your emotions are doing? Go ahead, Brian. You express them through several things. Your facial expression. I have had to learn to not react with my face. Some of you need to take that course when I teach it. Because some of you, I mean, somebody can say something and immediately your, fa- your face contorts. You can't even get a grip because your face is, you don't even know which way you're looking now. Your eyes are on the back of your head now. Your emotions have a body language. I was trying to tell Chad something what to do the other day, and he was like this the whole time in my office. And then stormed out my door like this, not even swinging his arms. I ain't got no secrets. I mean, my Lord. <laughs> you, the one that got up on stage. So I just followed out after him, swinging my arms and said well you got one thing going for you today you look better than the rest of us (laughs) let's work from there but let's work all the way into inside your tone of voice you can depict your emotions from your tone of voice See, and that's why verbal abuse comes out because you've been stuffing down how angry you are at your boss. Then you get home, your wife looks at you, and you turn on them like a mad dog. (laughs) Your mood is an expression of your emotions. Don't you just hate it? Are you you're not in a good mood? Well, it's really not about mood usually with me. It's about I am trying to get faith so I don't express my emotions wrongly. A lot of your sickness, rapid heartbeat, all that is is an emotional rule. Panic attacks. Our whole family had panic attacks. That, that has some emotion that got triggered in you, and now your heart's going crazy, and then it could go into f- a di- uh, fibrillation, and before long you have a heart attack and you die just because your emotion went bizarre. You have physical reactions and responses. You have aggressive behavior. See, those are how you tell, you know, I acted like a fool back there. And a lot of you do it when you're driving. now listen you driving caused me to understand curses because I drive so badly I've been cursed so many times and the Lord, Lord would just say agree with your adversary agree with your adversary a curse causeless won't come to light I had one guy drive and follow me I just happened to get sidetracked and went up a one-way street wrong well here's what was so sad about it daniel and amber were following me and i was in a rent car so she wasn't paying any attention to what i was driving when we left and she saw this car go up this one-way street wrong and she said daniel call the police on that car he said amber i can't it's dead Well, immediately after I got into it and cars were going like that, I got around, got turned around, came back with them, was waving at them. One of them followed me all the way for about four miles to the parking lot where I stopped to get out to go out to eat. Pulled up and looked at me and gave me some sort of sign with his hand. It wasn't just with his hand. It was with his whole arm. (laughs) That's a physical reaction from an emotion. I just got out and said, I'm so sorry. I did. I humbled myself. Now, let me end with this. Let me just tell you some things, and we'll start talking about this as we go further into this crazy emotional year that you don't want to get caught up wrongly in. I go, of course, Adam and Abe, you know, they messed it all up. But they had kids. Pam and I started this morning early. She, we have grandkids this weekend, so nobody sleeps. And she got up and we were talking. And I said, who's the first emotional wreck you think of in the Bible? She said, "Cain." and God tried to deal with his emotions, but the jealousy produced anger to the point where he couldn't control it and killed Abel. And she said, and then the patriarchs, they all had the same problem with their kids. Guys, one day she and I will write a true book about the Christian book of raising children. It will set you free. (laughs) Abraham, Sarah laughed. She couldn't control her laughter of unbelief. See, your emotions are going to speak in a season of speaking. This is what I'm getting to. We're going to hear your emotions in this era. Abraham had such fear that something was going to happen to him. He gave his wife over to uh, uh, Abimelech as a prostitute. So don't think Abraham always had faith. I mean, if I'd have done that to Pam, that whole nation would have made her a hero for killing me. (laughs) (laughs) Isaac and Rebecca. Isaac had religious tradition linked to making sure the order of secession happened and he would have just out of his emotions and his religiosity passed his mantle on to Esau that God hated. That's an emotion. See, we have to learn God's emotions so we express them correctly we have to learn his rules over our emotions so we keep them in boundaries Rebecca said I gotta do something because she knew the word of God this is what happens with prophetic people she, she had the word of God she knew Jacob was to be the successor. And all of a sudden, some way or another, she said, I got to move on this. That's what happens with a lot of people. They know what God's saying and then they try to control it. Jacob, up and down. Ooh, wow. Leah named her children after her emotions. That's why we do first fruits. See, Asher is linked with happiness and bountifulness. We want to enter into that, we want to enter into our blessings. Rachel loved Rachel, and she was gorgeous. but she never let go of her idol worship and it caused her to die at the pronouncement of a decree from her husband David you can't write the Psalms without allowing that emotion to flow through you you can't sing them Worship is filled with emotion. Religion has tried to make us sit still and hold our hands. One person that I really admire, I've already talked about several people Daniel, his, he got it. Joseph was okay. David made some big mistakes, but his heart, that inner portion of him, always realigned with the Lord. See, you can be an emotional wreck if you come back and realign it. All right? He committed murder. That's quite an emotion of, of covetousness is what he had. that led to control and misused authority and caused him to not have the faith to go to war, but he would rather get Bathsheba and kill her husband. See, that's what emotions do. Abigail is a lady I admire. Her husband was... From hell. Yeah. Some of you can relate to that. (laughs) But when David went, she got a handle on her emotions. She interceded, caused David to operate, get his emotions in check. And then God killed her husband. And she married David. Look at somebody and say, maybe I better get my emotions under check. (laughs) John and James, son of thunders, you don't know what spirit you're of. And John was the one who went through such a transformation that he loved the Lord. I mean, he, he... He adored the Lord. His whole life became the Lord, but he was still a son of thunder. James eventually got his head cut off. Judas had a goal. He wanted Jesus to align with the sect that was going to overthrow the government. And he got mad because Jesus wouldn't shift his emotions just toward that group. You know why? Because Jesus was God, but he was man. He could have. But he had an overall understanding of the kingdom. And he knew that if he just went with those who were zealot, his kingdom message would not be heard correctly. Judas got more and more angry, greedy, and before long, those emotions took him over, and he sold out. He left one kingdom for another kingdom. Mary Magdalene, lover, she had eight demons. She was totally demonized and controlled, and she met and received the grace of God. Amen. Amen. From that day forward, she brought her emotions under submission. Amen. That's why she could see him and hear him when no one else could. Amen. Amen through the trauma Amen. of the crucifixion Amen. see if you get a grip on your emotions you can see him and hear it Amen. she knew that that wasn't the gardener speaking that that was the same guy who had delivered her yeah. he was might have been in different form but she knew the voice she knew how he spoke to her she knew how he dealt with her she knew what he said and all of a sudden she could see it you know why the pure in heart can see God you wonder why you can't see through certain things it's because your heart ain't pure my heart ain't pure but when I make sure my heart's right I see clearly Peter, I mean, put, somebody, put your hand on somebody and say, there's hope. There's hope. <laughs> Peter was a basket case nine out of ten stories. But he got sifted. Now, go back to the picture I showed you in your mind. That means that middle portion between soul and spirit got ripped into such tiny, minuscule pieces that it became one. And the spirit overtook it. That's why in one day he could lead 3,000 to the Lord. Lord, you've got to do this in us. I, I do want to stop for a moment and say something happened to me last night in the midst of seeking the Lord. I had a vision for the future of how we will start moving outward. You don't have to be afraid. Finally, we have Paul. Why do you think he could write most of the New Testament? He got his emotions under control. Romans 7, he had to deal with his emotions. If you want to see what you're dealing with, read Romans 6, 7, and 8 over and over and over. I read it one year every day. That's what an emotional basket case I was. Until I came, I can still remember getting to Romans 6, verse 20, and I love what it says in the Passion, but I can't quote it. I can still quote it out of King James. Your sins shall not have dominion over you. I said, Lord, is that even true? And he spoke so loudly to me that it penetrated my being and said, yes. That's what Leanne's talking about. Where you come into an agreement with a word. Now, this is what I want to say. We're in a big emotional turmoil. You're part of it. Look at somebody and said, I knew all along you were creating this. (laughs) You're part of this turmoil. If you're a member of this nation, you're part of the turmoil. When one suffers, we're all suffering. Let's stand up. I love what Acts 17 says. It says, when you're at the right place in the right time, you can grope for Him and find Him. That's what get a grip means. Put your hand up and just grab hold of Him. He brought you here today. He brought you here so you could find Him in a new way. Now take, grab hold of Him. And just bring him and let him just go straight into that place in you that needs to realign. Father, we come today and we tell you we love you. We come today and we tell you we're, we're trying. And I hear you say, then quit trying. Grab hold. Father, we're groping. We're groping for answers. We're groping for freedom. He said, follow me. Stay in the right place. Stay in my timing. And you'll be able to grab hold of me and bring you in and settle your emotions and express me wherever you are. Father, we love you and we bless you. Just give him a hand clap and thank him. Now, now look at two or three people around you and say there's hope. You can grab hold of hope. There's faith. There's joy, and maybe you'll be happy this week. I bless you as you go forward. Stay in touch with us at all times.